The Batteries Included podcast is brought to you with United Chargers. United Chargers presents the Grizzly range of EV chargers. There's the original Grizzly Classic, a powerful, heavy-duty, portable EV charging station built to withstand the toughest conditions. The Grizzly Duo, a dual-port unit designed to charge two vehicles at the same time. The Grizzly Mini, a small, portable charging station built with an indoor-outdoor-rated cast aluminium enclosure. And the Grizzly Smart, a revolutionary smart EV charger. All Grizzly chargers come with a convenient 24-foot cable and the ability to adjust the current from 16 amps all the way up to 40 amps. That's 9.6 kilowatts, plus they're IP67 rated. Built in Canada with the highest quality materials, order yours now at unitedchargers.com. That's unitedchargers.com. Hello, and welcome to the Batteries Included podcast. It's January the 26th, 2024, and this is episode number 21. Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about the global debut of the electric Porsche Macan, Tom's visit to Lucid's newly expanded factory, and the first teaser of its next product, and the new Tesla timeline for its next generation low-cost product. And of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Yoni, host of the YouTube channel Drive Electric with Dominic, and joining us today is the vivacious Mr. Tom Malogny, senior editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel uh, state of Charge, and of course, Kyle Connor joins us from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Autospec Studios, where he produces high-voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. Good to see you. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Morning. Hello. All right. Your, your mic might be a bit louder. But, uh, so Martin can't be with us today, so we're just going to motor on and uh, just jump right into it, I guess, right? So uh, actually, first, first uh, Kyle, where are you? I am in Nashville today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Lots of goings on over there? Uh, well, we got uh, actually, so I flew into Memphis and I grabbed. Uh, so, anyway, long story short, I saw a really good lease special on a VinFast VFA. And I thought <laughs> this would make a great story. This would be interesting. Let's get one for three years and do a long term because Ooh, to me, years, it's that's so, a commitment. Holy cow. Well, we could just give it back if we don't like it, you know, just sure, pay sure. out the lease and say, ah, this didn't work out. Okay. But I think it would make for interesting content. It's a car that certainly VinFast wasn't going to let us have for a long period of time. So I thought, let's go buy one. Let's play around with it and, and see what that's like. And I thought, okay, well, I got enough cars in the driveway, but Francie runs the out of spec podcast mm -hmm. and she's doing, you know, twice a day episodes on that show. I was like, why don't you do a monthly VinFast series and just talk about what it's like to live with a VF8? Because like, it's a nice looking car from the outside. It doesn't, it's actually not a bad looking car. It's just when I drove it, it was the biggest pile of hot garbage I've been in maybe ever. It was really bad. So I thought, okay, VinFast like linked in me, some random guy who works there recently. He's like, you know, we've made a lot of updates you should go check it out. And so the whole buying process so far has been one hell of a story. So okay. we already have so many episodes. I won't bore you with that. But we grabbed a Model Y in Memphis, and uh, that's where Francie lives. And we were driving to Raleigh so we could race them both back to Memphis oh. just to see how, you know, a little race to Vegas style. But we got a flat tire uh, on the highway. Oh, and wow. so we're stuck in Memphis, and we're at the Tesla Service Center right over here, and they're replacing the tire in the morning. Model y, the fell apart like and, and it wasn't just us there were like a hundred cars that had flat tires it was oh. crazy oh <laughs> okay it was it was a model by i guess that had the flat tire 
So that's a yeah. that's a two hundred forty nine dollars a thousand dollar down kind of VF eight deal. Was that the deal? Uh, zero down. Zero down. Zero wow. down. Two forty nine a month. Oh. Um, but that means you have to pay. I don't know. We're just doing a one pay lease, just so like it. Does, you know, we're just paying it all up front. I don't. We'll have to get the uh, sheet when we get to the dealer as to what it would be. I think it's like six hundred bucks up front or five hundred bucks up front, and then it's two forty nine a month. And yeah, I don't know. I said if she really really hates it, we'll send it up to out of spec Dave. And she can get, I don't know, a Model Y or something reasonable. Right. Kyle, what's the uh, the mileage that you get on that that uh, lease? What's the annual mileage? Uh, it's ten thousand a year. It's not bad. 10, okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, we'll go over it. It doesn't matter. I got to borrow it from you at some point. If you're yeah, having yeah. three years, I'm going to grab that. I'll give you Just one get, of my cars. Get Francie with my cars for a week. Okay. Yeah, be good reason to get go to Memphis. Any excuse is a good excuse to go to Memphis. I think, but. Yeah, Memphis um, is fun, but uh, yeah, so the drive will be good. So today, I mean, the Tesla already called us and, you know, normally, you know, they, the car was towed in last night. It got there at like 10 o'clock PM or something. And they called us at like 7 AM. They're like, we're on it. And and by the end of the show, I think we'll be on the road. And that was pretty good. Oh, nice. All right. So I had, so usually when we do the show, we get, we share all the good, we share good mornings from, from you. So sorry, I'm, I'm, I've dropped the ball because, uh, <laughs> um, Martin is not here today, so I'll do, I'll do this now as I read the, our intro. So let's talk about our first story, get right into it. Um, lots to talk about today. So let's talk about the uh, debut of the Porsche Macan. So this debut is no surprise. Uh, Kyle here has driven a pre-production version and even did a preliminary uh, range test with a, also he's ridden around the track in the passenger seat with a professional test pilot, giving it the full beans. Um, what else? Uh, last week, he got to crawl through the finished product inside and out and even underneath the bodywork. And that video went up yesterday to coincide with the world premiere. And I can't remember enough if you're hungry enough for uh, if you're hungry for the nerd level 9000 details. For those who haven't watched that video, here are some quick Porsche Macan facts. It's built on the premium uh, premium platform electric with 800 volt architecture, but it can also split that pack internally. So it's basically two 400 volt packs in, in series for a fast charging experience on lower voltage uh, DC chargers. Um, speaking of charging, peak charging power is 270 kilowatts and it can charge from 10 to 80% in 21 minutes. Peak power on a 400 volt charger is 135 kilowatts or half of that, of course. Um, EPA range isn't yet available, but real, real world range should be comfortably above uh, 300 miles. Macan launches with two trims, the Macan 4, a base dual motor trim and turbo, the top trim. Macan 4 makes 300 kilowatts, uh, 402 horsepower. Um, it can do 4.9 seconds, zero to 60. That over, that's with over boost power. So it's got, I think a 10 second power boost on that. So that's the numbers with that boost included. And the turbo uh, can get up to 630 horsepower with that boost button down and can do a 3.1 second zero to 60. So Kyle, there's a lot more to this car than numbers. Uh, so what, I'm not sure even how to start this, but what do you think potential customers need to know about the new Macan? Uh, well, first thing, can you dial up your mic a little bit? Cause you're just a bit quiet. Oh, how's that? Is that yeah, better? much better, much better. Okay. And I, I think I had mine set too loud. So we're sorry for the, right. you know, amateur hour over here. Um, and mine but, is just right. 
<laughs> yeah, Tom, you're Tom, <laughs> it's like the uh, you're Goldilocks, Tom. Goldilocks, yeah. but but still, Tom, you're a lot louder than Dom on my side. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the Macan Electric is one of the most important Porsches uh, for the brand, of course, and uh, the collaboration with Audi and PPE makes it a bit of a compromise in some areas, and uh, you know, it's certainly not going to be the Taycan killer that uh, you know I think a lot of people were hoping. Or, or maybe expecting it to be. It's certainly priced it. lower. Uh, so, you know, like in terms of a lot of things, the Taycan's more special. The Macan's going to be more mass market, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still really nice, really nice. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the Cayenne electric coming in a little bit because that'll be a real large SUV. And uh, the rumors are there'll be an even bigger, like ultra luxury uh, you know, Porsche that's electric uh, SUV okay. thing, which is like against the brand. And people are like, Porsche's dying, but whatever, it'll work. And it's a Porsche it. Escalade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, I mean, the car is is built for fast traveling. That's what I like. It's 270 kilowatt charging deep in the pack to at least 50 or 60%. And then, then it kind of comes down after that, but it's still reasonable. And then, uh, you know, pretty efficient. I did 322.5 miles with 1% remaining on sort of a range taste, not so much a uh, standardized range test because the, you know this was just more of an experience or the way that we phrased it because we did hit some traffic, but I had no opportunity to re re redo the test. Uh, so yep, yeah, that was interesting. And honestly, I think for most people, the Macan 4 is all you need. It's got 400 horsepower. It's same uh, power as Volvo XC40 recharge and C40 recharge. and Everyone says those are fast. And so there you go. But you can also get, I think it's 470 kilowatts peak in the Macan Turbo. That's the jam. That is awesome. So that's 500 and something horsepower. I'm not sure. So anyway, uh, the front of it looks great. The back of it, not my thing, but some people like it. Uh, the interior is uh, pretty spacious uh, in comparison to the outgoing combustion Macan. And overall, I really... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm of course into it because it's a car built for road tripping, and that's what I like. Right, it's got that fast, fast charge speed and a great curve, right? Great curve, really 21, good curve. So, twenty-one minutes might sound like a, you know, it's longer than let's say the, um, the eGMP platform, but that's a, this is a larger battery, so it's just gonna, it's just gonna take longer time to charge, basically, right? Um, uh, sure. Is it, is my mic okay now? Is that yeah? Okay, <laughs> I just. I, I just got caught up with all the comments and I'm saying, Oh, I guess people have been telling me to turn up my mic for a while. Yeah. Got to keep your eye with the viewers. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Tom, you had a chance to look at the, uh, the Macan yet. You have some thoughts. Not really. I've been busy. I, I saw pieces of Kyle's video. I haven't watched the whole thing. Okay. And I did see, um, I've seen the pre-production Macans in the past over in Germany. Uh, so I'm not surprised by, you know, anything about the visually, um, you know, I, I have to get uh, Kyle from, from I had two or three people reach out to me and tell me, oh, Kyle's Macan video was awesome. You have to watch it. So I recommend who's ever not seen that go out and see it. Uh, evidently, Kyle did a great job on it. I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but it's on the list for today. I did a lot of traveling this week, week which we'll get into later. And um, but, yeah, no, it, it, you know, I I the Macan was always on my radar um, as a possible next vehicle i mean a lot of the evs are as you can tell um and it's still it, it, it's still on the radar uh you know once it's available once it's here once 
Um, you know, there's not a waiting list for them. Uh, I, it, that might be one of the vehicles that ends up my driveway because I don't need a really big SUV. I like having SUVs here just for the functionality. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, the R1S is more vehicle than what I need. Um, but um, I, I'm, I, I, everything I've seen about it I, I'm, would fit right in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, I, I think it's good. And maybe after I watch Kyle's uh, video today, I'll be uh, contacting uh, my local Porsche dealership and asking if I can get in line. I mean, I think this is, I think Meredith would really like this. I mean, I don't I know, I but know. I have her penciled in for the EX30. <laughs> So I don't know. Well, Those we'll are see. opposite ends of the spectrum here. I yeah. know, I know. But she really, she, we're of like minds. Like we typically like small vehicles. You know, I love my Mini Cooper. I love my i3. She, both of them, not the Mini the, the Mini E as much, Meredith, because it was really an experimental vehicle that broke down a lot. And you know, she didn't like that aspect of it. But um, uh, you can't blame her. But yeah, I think, she, and, and as I said, and I've said on the show now, she runs out and grabs the bolt all the time. And when, when you've got the R1S sitting there next, next to it, which is a, a premium, luxury, beautiful, like excellent SUV, she hops in that bolt and drives it. And uh, I, I think she's going to love the EX30. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, this wouldn't be something that she wouldn't like to drive. So, but we'll see. Um, you know, a lot of options. And that's what I like to see. You know, we're getting all kind, all different flavor now with electric vehicles. Years ago, it was like, you know, you had Teslas and then you had these little EVs that went 120 miles. And now we're getting all the sizes and shapes and flavors and spices, um, which is great. We just still don't have that $25,000, $28,000 EV. That's why I'm so disappointed the the Bolt EV is going away. But um, we'll talk about later in the show. Maybe we are getting that vehicle sooner than later. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch your whole video, Kyle. I had a couple people reach out to me, you know, and my uh, friends and, and, and network and say, oh, Kyle nailed it with that Macomb video. So definitely watch it, everybody, if you haven't seen it yet. That's so funny because I thought it was like one of the worst videos I've done because I was like showed up at the studio and I had to like read notes because I did the thing with Porsche and these shoots is they, they don't really tell you about the car until you get there and they're like, OK, go film it. And so, yeah, yeah. got to like, I hate when that happens, when you don't get it ahead of time. You know, a lot of times when Kyle and I do these press events, sometimes a week before we'll get all the details and we're ready when we show up, we know all the stats and everything. Then there's sometimes you you land and you're there and you go to your hotel and you're asking the PR people, when am I getting the stats? I need to shoot this video in like 20 minutes. Oh, it'll be in your email box. It'll be in. And then like you're on your way to, to do, shoot a video and it pops up in your email box, six pages of, of, of info that you have to digest. But um, and then one thing that I'm going to call you out a little bit on, Kyle's, you always say this. It seems like whenever I say, oh, I, you, that was an awesome video. You're like, yeah, it wasn't a video that I really wasn't. I don't think I did a good job on it. So just, you know whenever you don't think you did a good job, it's a good job because that's, those seem to be the videos I like most. So. That's funny. Yeah. Cause I was like, damn, I, I sound like I'm half asleep. This sucks. But anyway, this, uh, I filmed this maybe a month or two ago and um, yeah, really good time. And honestly, I, that car has left my memory by the time this video went up, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that I edited and ah, right. now I got to move on to the next things. Oh yeah. And I watched it uh, on the drive over yesterday. Well, actually while we were sitting on the side of the road, getting a flat tire, um, that was like my first time watching it through. And I was like, Oh, this car rocks. Uh, right. It's so cool. So, you know, the whole, like, first of all, 
I, greenwashing isn't the right term, but voltage washing is. This is not an 800 volt car. And right. Kia does the same thing with the EV9, which is not an 800 volt car with a large battery. Uh, in this case, it's like a 670 volt nominal system. And then it's seven something full. I mean, we can say it's in the class of 800 volts, but it's like, I think that kind of sets some people up for failure, especially from a charging side, because we always say voltage times amperage equals your power. Um, but if you're multiplying everything times 800 volts, it doesn't work in this case. Anyway, uh, cool car, really interesting shared collaboration between Audi and Porsche. Um, you know, it's going to underpin the Q6 e-tron, the A6 Avant, whatever they're going to call that, and a few other cool cars. And it, to, to, from my perspective, um, nice to launch with the sportiest car on this platform, at least for now. We'll see what happens in the future. Uh, but, you know, this thing's got all the, it's got the solid mounted rear motor that's flipped 180 degrees, five degrees of rear steering, 95 kilowatt hours of usable energy, is it, I think? Um, uh, although I did see on, yeah. on the website, someone mentioned, I think it was EVKX, who has a great battery nerd. Um, they mentioned 96.8 kilowatt hour usable was posted somewhere. So maybe they're just saying 95 and it's actually 96.8. Uh, but of course, there's always variances as how you can get the energy out of the car. So it's not a you know consistent number. And then, um, you know, I, I got to drive the prototype, which is not maybe 100 percent representative of the um, what, what I will experience when I drive the series production one for the first time. But even that was just awesome. And so I can qualify it with saying the prototype drive was awesome. I don't know what the series production car will drive like, but I'm sure everyone will be pleased just from my experience riding passenger seat around the track. It's drifty. It's sporty. It's not that fast in a straight line. Maybe I'm just spoiled, but, um, and, and also the price Dom we should mention, it's pretty reasonable. It's under 80 grand yeah, starting yeah, below. 80, it was like, well, I think once you had the, uh, the, the uh, transportation and tax on that, the whatever dealer fee, it goes a little over 80, but yeah. And you put some headlights yeah. and windshield wipers cause it's a Porsche. You got to option everything. You know, you're, you're into this, like a nice one for like mid nineties. We'll get you a nice Macan. Right. Uh, and that's pretty, that's not bad. That's an all wheel drive, 400 horsepower, hot hatch, basically. I, I saw a big you, hot hatch. I saw you can get it up to $140,000. You can get it up to 170. I think if you spec everything. Oh, really? The configurator yeah. is online. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but the configurator is online. Uh, somebody was asking us about the uh, the, the charge ports because this one has, as you can see in the picture, it has two charge ports going on. Uh, these are, but and you explained this in the video, one is CCS on, on the, the uh, driver's side and on the far side, it's just uh, J1772. But is this coming to market with the NAX? It probably won't launch with NAX is okay. my guess, but it will, okay. Porsche's committed along with the rest of the Volkswagen group to North American charging standard. What right. we don't know is will one side be NAX and the other side be CCS? Cause that would actually be pretty convenient. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I want NAX on both sides. Uh, you know, I was still disappointed. I saw the CC, CCS on one and, and just the J70. I, I'd like to have DC charging capability on both sides. I mean, how much more could it cost a hundred bucks? You know, how much more Yeah, but I don't think we've ever seen a car with dual DC inlets other than a semi truck. Right, right. Sure. Yeah, like the Freightliner E Cascadia is the only thing that comes to mind that has two CCS inlets. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, look, more ports the better from my side. Yeah, but I want, I disagree with you, Dom. If, if there's going to be two charge ports like that, I want a CCS and an, and an X. 
So I don't yeah. have to carry around an adapter and, and deal with that. You know, if 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 they were going to do that, you know, I, 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 the redundancy of having the two NAX ports, I think the 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 use case for that is so small. You know, like if you can't reach, if a cable can't reach at one specific time, or, um, you know, anyway, that's my two cents. Right. I was just thinking in a garage. You know, uh, maybe you have, I don't know. I don't know. It just gives you more options. You can pull up and, and plug it in and get fast charging either way. But uh, what, what else is it we need to know about this? It has a super low seating position, which is something that you talk about a lot. And I was surprised they, they mentioned that in, in the videos, in their own promotional videos, Porsche does. So that's, that's pretty cool. And you mentioned the rear steering. That's actually interesting because that was not in any of the materials I got. It was so interesting to watch how Porsche launched this car, by the way. They launched yeah. it in Singapore around like it was like 90 percent about an art experiment and 10 percent about the macan and i'm like right. what is happening to porsche this is so lame i mean they have they have a there's like a commercial on the porsche youtube channel that's all, all they really have well they have some you know videos leading up to the uh debut but since the debut they've just got like a minute and a half like a you know, a just promotional video you see some shots of the car but there's like fashion shows going on and a different I don't know. That sounds more BMW than Porsche. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on, but whatever. It's uh, the car is what's important, and and that's what we have here on the screen. So with the with the bodywork all off of that, what else should we, we should we be looking at at the, when we get a chance to see like a chassis like this? What should we be looking for, Kyle? Yeah. I mean, this is where you break down the sub components of the vehicle, and you know, the Macan is still designed and engineered sort of in a old school, very iterative process way where you have teams of people working on each uh, area of the vehicle. And then Rob, Dr. Robert Meyer, who I'm sp speaking to here, he's director of the complete vehicle. So he his team kind of brings the whole package together for a well-honed thing. I think the difference from my perspective, and again, I don't know much, but when I talk to Tesla engineers or Lucid engineers, uh, you know, the powertrain guy sits next to the software guy who sits next to the battery guy. And at Porsche, it seems very segmented. And then you have another team to bring it all together versus a lot of these startups that are really developing the car as one holistic package together. And I think also the collaboration with Audi, we all know Macan was delayed massively, but the collaboration with Audi, um, I can only imagine slowed things down. You know, I asked some of the engineers, I'm like, was it a pain in the ass working with those guys? And of course, they were very you know, very nice and like, no, the Audi colleagues were great and they took on certain things. But my impression reading between the lines is that PPE is mostly Porsche. They just said, we're just going to do this thing. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the Audi guys are going to get mad at me for saying that. But that's just my impression talking to the Porsche guys. I'm going to go over and learn about Q6 e-tron soon in a couple, maybe a month or two. And I'm sure the Audi guys will tell me the Porsche guys did nothing. So will be kind of interesting <laughs> to see how that all plays out. But ultimately, um, the Macan is, for an electric SUV, it is now the sportiest choice. It has plenty of power, plenty of driving dynamics, uh, pretty good styling, especially from the front. And you can option it. That's always the fun part about a Porsche is you can spec it exactly how you want. And Porsche owners love that. I mean, if you put it on paper against a Model Y performance, well, the Model Y performance is going to be a lot cheaper, but it's also not going to be nearly you know, as much car as the Macan, but still better software in the Tesla and all of these things, just nicer interface, better app, even though that's all been improved to the Macan. Again, it's still, they're lacking that final 10% of software and updates and, you know, that, that interactive experience. So 
Um, this is built for driving enthusiasts who need an electric SUV or for maybe a driving enthusiast partner who's not so interested in cars so they can then steal it on the weekends. Um, you know, I think we're going to see no lack of sales. It's priced right. It looks right. Uh, it's got the right specs. It's got huge range, huge charging. And I think they uh, they achieved everything they needed to do for this car, which is a really important car. Right. I love that front end where you are right now. I think that looks really great. One question I have, you just used the remote to remotely open the front, but then you manually closed it. So does it just remotely open and then you have to slam it down? Yeah. And this was a real annoying thing for me, which is like, okay, I could get over the, the I have to close the front thing. It's just the layout of the key is different than the Ticon. And so the buttons are all in the wrong place on this key. So the topmost busted button, if you reach into your pocket, which you would think would lock the car, is that opens the front trunk. So it's going, you're going to get these false openings. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. That's weird. Like, why would they change something like that? You would think the fobs should be relatively consistent across the brand because Porsche owners tend to own more Porsches, you know, and like you would want the fob to kind of, that memory, you know, when you reach in your pocket, just like you say, you don't want to have to pull it out and look where, where which car am I driving today? Which button is going to unlock the door? That's that's not good. Yeah, and I confirmed the other models will stick with the old key. So I wonder if this is an Audi thing. Why oh. this particular car is a different key? It doesn't. It looks like a Porsche key, but maybe the internals. I don't. I don't know. But it definitely was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That was really if if we're complaining about the button layout on a key, they did a pretty good job on the car. Let's just and and to be honest, it's not like this is the most class leading technological exercise. This is a you know we're we're not talking about lo maybe lucid gravities, you know, power density, weight density, all that stuff. This is a car that is focused on handling dynamics, thermal management, uh, and you know it's built by a large automaker, and they they nailed it for their goals. Right. Uh, someone's asking here, this could relate actually to, to uh, the Macan, but unrelated, but this has Tycon software improved significantly since it first launched? Mm, I, that, that it is improved it. minorly. Minorly, okay. So they're not as big on the up software updates. I think, it, and they're, they probably, probably would say their philosophy is to get it right the first time, <laughs> I bet. Yeah, but then they don't, and then you got to bring it to a dealer. I mean, this is the stuff like hanging out with the Porsche engineers is amazing because they care about all the stuff I care about from a driving perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, I can talk to, I was talking to them recently about a product I can't talk about yet, but I'm like, uh, we were talking about temperature ranges of a feature. And I'm like, well, I would prefer the temperature range to be here. And they're like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. But we ran this study and maybe you're right. And like, well, let's go back and adjust. And, and I'm like, okay, cool. We can get super nerdy. But then when I'm like, I also don't want to have to bring my $100,000 Porsche to a dealership to get an update. Can you just beam it? Tesla's been doing it since 2012. And they're like, ah, yeah, you know, nah, we, we can't do that. Just not possible. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, we can do some updates over the air. But I'm like, no, I want my entire car to have updates. What What is going on in Volkswagen Group? Right. Uh, and with the PPE platform, you, you would think that might be something that's possible now, right? Because it's updated. It's more fewer modules, like more centralized, so more control. Yeah, it's possible. You know, updates. I don't, I, I definitely was talking about software updates for this car. It seems like it's different for each car. And that's tough for them to have multiple platforms on multiple software architectures to manage all those updates. And that is, this is the area where the startup automakers are crushing it because they've built a software stack that's used in all of their vehicles. 
And it's just from a user experience of software far beyond what, what this can offer. But maybe that's why people don't like, there's still like a huge car buying market that doesn't care about those little software stuff. Right. I mean, well, I mean, software is pretty refined in this one. Like, like you were showing in this video at some point, uh, you can program the percentage of battery that you, that the car tells you you can leave the, you know, if you're on a, on a road trip and you're charging, stopping at DC fast charge stations, you, you can tell it, oh, I want to leave uh, with 2% battery out of spec style. Right. And so you can, you can do yeah, that. So like the user interface software and the EV route planning, and you can watch YouTube in the car and right. like that, the HMI stuff is fine. I just wish it had a bigger screen to interact. I actually don't yes. mind PCM. Yes. You, once you know how the, you know, screen right. works, it's cool. This one runs on an Android operating system. So it should lead to more user interface updates. And I think it's cool that the China version of this car gets its own software which is kind of interesting. Hmm, um, and and I think the correct choice because the Chinese market, just talking to the engineers is totally from what they, what services they want to have integrated in the car and everything is totally different than, than us. Um, but with that said, it's, it's more of the updates, the modules, the way that the communication of the vehicle all happens, you know, reducing the number of ECUs, it, that's really not a topic. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's, it right. feels like 10 year old thought process of making a car work from a software perspective. Right. Maybe SSP will fix that. That's the next platform at a Volkswagen group. Um, you I, don't know. Think, I don't know. I don't know how involved Porsche is with that particular platform development. If that's just like a, an upper level situation, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I mentioned earlier, Tom's Tom's wife may be getting a Macan, but actually your mom was a former Macan owner and Craig Matsumura, Mat, Matsuda uh, says in the comments, Kyle, isn't this the uh, car your mom wants? Is she getting one? And your, your dad is also here in the comments. <laughs> hey, Craig, Kathy hasn't seen this video yet. Please don't show it to yeah, her. I was going to say, I haven't, haven't talked to my mom about this car at all. I don't know if she knows it's out. Uh oh, you think, is she really enthusiastic about, about Macan? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she's owned a couple Macans. Right. She, she hasn't just even had one. She's had a bunch or a few of them. She likes them, but uh, she also drives a Model Y and she seems okay with that. Right. I mean, I'd Although be okay with a Model get... Y too, but if someone, if, if someone offered me like a Macan, I think I would, I kind of think I'd have to take the Macan over the, the, the Tesla. I think she would not go for it unless it has the NAC port. Uh, good point. That's, that's not, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's a big deal for her. Although she did get stuck at a supercharger the other day. The port wouldn't release from the car. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so she was like pulling the emergency release in the trunk. And I'm like, mom, what are you, what is, I've never even heard of this happening. I, I don't know if it was user error or not. She doesn't supercharge very often. Right. I've never, never, I've never had that problem myself. Oh, someone's still telling me, is my mic still quiet now? Yep. If you just go to settings, audio, and then turn off automatically adjust mic volume, you can crank it up. Turn off or turn on welcome turn to our on. audio testing How's that? Another podcast nope sounds sounds low just it talk louder <laughs> right just yeah. speak up yeah just just turn sake. off automatic and and crank it turn off automatic and cranking it there we there. go there, there we, we go. go is that not go. too annoying that's great yeah no, no that's not good okay i don't know what's going on with my mic situation because yeah anyway 
All right. So what else we got to talk about? Anything about, else about the Macomb we want to let people know about? We've said the price is like 78 and the, uh, what's the uh, turbo is 105. 105,000 for the turbo. And really the turbo is pretty nice, man. I don't know. Yeah. Just go for it. Once we're, you just go get the turbo. If yeah, you're a I, driving enthusiast. And one, one th cool, other cool thing about, you mentioned being able to watch the uh, YouTube video, but the other cool thing is that the screen extends all the way in front of the passenger. So the passenger can watch, uh, it have doesn't their extend. Own... It's just a separate display. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. It's not, it's not a clear glass. It's, does it all run together? You can, you can see the screens. Okay. In any case, your passengers can also watch, uh, YouTube while the car is going and the, uh, the driver cannot see that display. It's hidden somehow, a maybe a coating on the glass or something. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those things where you gotta like move over. Right. All right. Uh, I don't think the car I was testing actually had that now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe it did. I don't remember. But yeah, Macan's cool and uh, yeah, pretty sweet. Okay. Uh, just one really quick thing. Someone was asking, they wanted to see this. Uh, John Check is asking, can you show a picture of the car that... Well, Kyle just, is just so people don't get confused. Francie is leasing it. Well, we're leasing it for Francie as a okay. company car. So it's right. going to be her... And I'm sure it'll get floated around the out of spec team, but this is, this is just going to be a fun experiment as long as she can handle it. And to be honest, I think it's a 50, 50 shot. They even deliver the car to us. Oh, really? I, I think there might be some VinFast might be emailing the dealer saying, don't let these guys get one because it, it all communication stopped like two days ago. And then they call me yesterday and they're okay. like, we have no, we sold out. And I'm like, but, but we had like, we had one locked in. I flew here. You, there's no way you you had 50 of them on the lot. There's no way you sold out. They're like, we sold out. So I called, I know one of the people involved at Leith and I called them. They're like, oh yeah, we got 50 of these things. What are you talking about? They didn't sell out. And it turns out they can't deliver them in North Carolina at the moment okay. because um, the software doesn't allow them to like PDI the car properly. It was a software glitch. And apparently the story now is two VinFast engineers are flying to the VinFast dealer to fix the PDI software update process so that they can deliver cars. And that will happen tomorrow morning. And so I hope that we can get one tomorrow afternoon or worst case Monday morning. Wow. Okay. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Either way, it's going to be a fun story. That's we need a, it. I want a car. Right. That's an adventure. I also wanted to thank thank William Charles for that donation earlier. Thank you for that. And also Robin Yateman, who tells me to turn up my mic. Thanks, sis. By the way, uh, the first thing we're going to do with the VinFast is take it to the old out-of-spec track and do a track day with it. Oh, <laughs> and I have the Model Y Performance, so we'll do a little Model Y Performance versus VinFast track test so that people <clears throat> really get the consumer advice they need. Uh, Abe is uh, talking about that YouTube screen or the screen in the in the, in the Macan. Uh, Abe says the privacy filter is active when you go into drive for the passenger display. Cool. So so generally it's not on and then it activates, I guess, when when the car goes in the drive, yeah. which is pretty awesome technology, I got to say. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about this Macan. It's, it's pretty Yeah, nice. I think they, maybe I sound down on this podcast only because I've just thought about, okay, what did I miss in the video that I kind of wanted to get on negative wise? But um, I, I mean, I really think it, they nailed it. It's, it's fun. It's configurable. It's, uh, again, the price is right and they're just going to kill it. They're going to nail it. Yeah. One of the things we didn't really talk about, and I don't think you, 
it's really been brought up, but we don't know what kind of volumes they're expecting to produce for this car this year. You know, I'm just kind of looking at it because the uh, Macan is a huge seller. I think they sell like close to 80,000 worldwide globally with this car. Um, it's a, that's a lot, like that's a lot of units. So are they expecting to do that number to come down by half for the, the gas? Because they're going to sell the gas version and the electric version uh, for a couple of years, probably. Uh, so I'm wondering how that's going to affect you know the sales of the gas vehicle because it's it's going to be i mean the macan's biggest competitor seems like it might be the macan right right yeah combustion or electric i'm not sure maybe it depends on the market i certainly think there's going to be a different audience for the combustion one versus the electric one and the thing is porsche doesn't say like macan ev it's just the trim level denotes the mm -hmm. electric portion so mm -hmm. there's but no there's macan. a visual difference though right oh yeah i mean the car looks different it's built on a different platform there's very little similarities right except basically that shape and yeah that rough size and look shape. it's got this it's yeah. got a macan look to it i don't somewhat. Think, yeah, yeah sure with with tycon headlights or yeah driving lights you can tell it's the electric one yeah all right uh so we should move on but while while we're on the uh, topic of evs from volkswagen group uh and just because we need to cover the entire spectrum of EVs, I just wanted to mention that there's also a new video featuring Kyle's uh, 2016 Volkswagen e-Golf on the Kyle Connor YouTube channel going on a mini road trip. Uh, definitely check that out. If uh, $80,000 Porsches leave you cold, there we have the ex ex total, uh, whatever, the other extreme. So that thing's running now. It's working. And you took it to Denver from Fort Collins, which is, it took a number of recharges. It's only, how far is it to Denver from your place? It's not that far. Uh, it was South Denver. So it was 145 mile road trip, oh, okay. round trip. Yeah. But that's about 50 miles farther than I thought. Okay. Yeah. So Den Denver's normally like 55 miles. This was 70 miles. Uh, and these details make a big difference for the e-golf. Right, so I had to right. charge, I think, four or five times. I learned that the e-golf does not charge on Tesla Magic Dock. And I've learned that my e-golf does not charge on EVgo Delta City units because I've learned that the e-golf handles the proximity pilot differently than any other vehicle. And it freaks out when the charger communicates that it has too much available power, even though it, it's based on the vehicle request. So I've learned a lot of interoperability issues with the early e-golfs, the 20... 17s and up, I think, are fine, but mine's a 2016, which ah. is the first year they sold them in the US. And yeah, so I'm like limited to the chargers that I can use because right. new e golfs can use Magic Dock, fine, but my car won't work on it. That, that doesn't surprise me because I had, um, back when the e golf first came out, Kyle, I had a lot of my followers asking me for guidance on level two chargers because there were a bunch of level two home charging equipment that was not compatible with the e-golf and uh so you know it doesn't surprise me that they're, they're the dc units also have that compatibility issue and another thing that was interesting some of them the reason why they were incompatible it wasn't necessarily the electronic the communication that when volkswagen originally designed the charge port it was slightly larger than the average uh j1772 inlet so some of the J1772 connectors, if they had rubber gaskets, wouldn't fit on, wouldn't, or they'd get them on, they couldn't get them off. So I was just telling people, just get, get an inner nose plier and pull that rubber gasket out, and that'll give you the, the, the extra 16th of an inch that you need, as long as you weren't 
charging frequently in a, in a wet area. Most people charge inside their garage. So you really don't need that rubber gasket to really do anything. But um, so it's it's not surprising that I, I hear you're having these problems. The e-golf always had problems with charging. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's my- definitely interesting. And it shows the need maybe for some. Well, the thing is, like, I don't know how this issue would ever get picked up. It's just interoperability and the the especially for the older EVs that only communicate on DIN 70121 and not like the ISO 15118 stuff. Like who's going to be tuning their networks for these old crappy cars? But they're oh, wow. on the road and people rely on them. And, you know, I relied on it and I had to have EVgo like turn on this janky charger that was a different brand just so I could charge because I was at zero percent. I didn't think that there that EVgo's Delta City units wouldn't charge my e-golf. That's crazy. But here we are in 2024. We still have interoperability issues. Apparently, they have a fix in the works, though. And David's asking, you know, have you looked into seeing if any of the uh, execs, I guess he's doing that. um, ECUs. No, I think so. I'm sorry, ECUs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have any updates or something? I'm sorry. I I misread it thinking like, are the companies dealing with this? And I I don't think the case, I don't think many will. These older, like, let's say, legacy EVs, Chevrolet did this with the Spark EV. Dom knows he had a Spark EV. They were incompatible with Electrify America stations. And and GM basically, like Electrify America was asking GM, help us solve this problem because we want to be able to service your customers. GM was basically, nah, that was, that's, we don't sell our car anymore. We're done with it. We're not investing a penny in, in trying to make this work. And I would imagine a lot of the OEMs are going to have that, that opinion of their, their early electric vehicles that they sold a very low volume they're, they're not going to care about you the customer i'm sorry but you know they sold a couple thousand of them and now they there's incompatibility issues they're 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 not going to put a single engineer on that to solve the charging issue of a car they sold five years ago on a new charger that wasn't developed with software to be compatible it's just not going to happen yeah you know, it's very possible there are updates for that car, though. I just don't know. Um, I haven't heard. So the car is actually in at Volkswagen right now in the dealer uh, just doing some checks. They were going to run a battery health check official from Volkswagen. Um, I had them fix a couple little things that and, and then Timon's getting the car today and he's doing a whole new suspension install, coilovers, every new bushing. Nice. And then Colton is going to wrap it, I think, this weekend. Um, and it'll be this really cool yellow color. So it's going to, it's going to look amazing. It's going to be the nicest looking shitty e-golf on the planet. So I can't wait, <laughs> can't wait for this. I was going to suggest it. I was going to suggest doing a Harlequin wrap. Yeah, sure. I mean, we can, but talk to Colton quick because I think we've already ordered the, it'll be like the color right. of my sweatshirt. I don't know. I'm, I wanted a bright color for YouTube thumbnail. And I really like the GTIs, True. like the Mark eight in that yellow mustard yellow color. And always thinking, always like, thinking, man. Always, oh, my yeah. thumbnails, man. I I need this color for my thumbnail. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, Alyssa <laughs> said I'm not allowed to park it in the driveway. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Tom, you just spent some time this week visiting Lucid out in Arizona, where you got to check out their factory expansion, the new Gravity three row SUV, and you even got a teaser of the next Lucid product which is will be something like medium size. So we'll, we'll share that image soon that you get, got to see and uh, people can guess out kind of what lies beneath the sheet. Uh, but maybe you can start by telling us about the uh, factory expansion since I guess that's the main reason uh, you went there. Yeah, so Lucid invited uh, a small group of, of uh, journalists, I guess, and influencers out to their Casa Grande manufacturing facility in Arizona. Um, 
uh, to kind of do a ribbon, not kind of, to do a ribbon cutting ceremony for their expanded AMP1 facility. Now, AMP1 is the name of their manufacturing facility in Casa Grande where they make their vehicles. Uh, when it originally opened in December of 2020, I was there, I think I even have a video out on that, um, that had slightly under 1 million square feet of manufacturing space. And that wasn't big enough for their needs. They actually had some remote locations, like to build the powertrain was like five miles away and they had rented space in, in other uh, facilities. So the, 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 everything wasn't under one roof, basically is what I'm saying. With this phase two of the project now being complete, they're open, they added 3 million square feet. So they, they, they you know, quadrupled their, the, the size of the footprint. Um, and now they, um, they can bring everything under one roof. They expanded their uh, paint shop. Uh, it's much bigger than what it was when it first opened up. This new uh, manufacturing line now can service multiple vehicles. Uh, and uh, so, for instance, if you were to order a, a Lucid Air and a Lucid Gravity at once, which is going to be available at the end of the year, supposedly the, the SUV, basically your vehicles would go down the production line behind each other, you know, and, and they could they could do multiple uh, vehicles on the same production line. That's not uh, anything groundbreaking. There's other facilities that can do that, but uh, was that John Volker who just snapped a photo? Yes, right yes. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he's, he's sitting two people down from me. If you can see, yeah. my head is is is, yep. uh, is two people away. So um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so uh, um, uh, uh, so anyway, so they had the ribbon cutting ceremony. Peter talked for a while. Rawlinson, uh, the governor of Arizona, talked about how important it is for the area, bringing jobs to the area, and you know the expansion is only going to bring more uh, high-paying jobs to the area and so forth. Uh, it's good. It's 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 good, and we I think we all agree that we want to see more um, manufacturing in the U.S. And this is good for the area. So it was a real upbeat day. Everybody was excited, and uh, you know we, we didn't really talk much about the fact that. Lucent isn't really selling a lot of cars right now, um, but uh, they did tell me that they they have produced and sold over 10,000 vehicles. That's not groundbreaking. They talked about that before, um, but really all eyes were on the uh, the gravity. Okay. And uh, I, I I actually spoke to Peter. I got a 10 minute interview with Peter standing in the um, a factory, and that's going to be up on State of Charge over the weekend. We talked about uh, a lot of things. It was, I think, it was a good interview. And I basically, you know, I, I came out and bluntly asked them, you know, you know, people are going to say, Peter, why, why did you need to quadruple the size of the factory when the currently, you know, your sales are pretty low. You know, you're not meeting expectations. You didn't meet guidance. You had to revise guidance. So, you know, why do you need this this huge factory? And it's huge. I mean, four million square feet is a, 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 a good size factory. Um, you know, and I, I had to ask him that. And he, you know, said, look, you know, a lot of people talk about the fact that Lucent's losing money, which we are. You know, he said, but we're in a growth phase. Um, and up on the screen now, if you're watching on, on YouTube, I talked to Derek Jenkins. That's another video I'm going to have out. I do a walk around and he explains, uh, you know, sort of um, efficiency through styling and and how that that, you know, design of the vehicle and there's the sapphire coming up on the screen again. If you're watching, they had a few sapphire there. We watched. Um, uh, I watched about four or five sapphire going down the production line being built. Um, so I think they said they're going to have about 12 of them um, built uh, within a month or so, or within a couple of weeks, um, and ready ready for delivery. But um, so you know, we talked really. He really talked about how 
Yes, we're losing money, but don't forget everybody loses money in the beginning. We're in a growth phase now. We're we're constantly investing money. Look at this facility, how much this costs to build out. Um, and you know, we're building factories in, in, in Saudi Arabia, and you know, it's you have to expect it. You know, nobody um we all know Tesla. How long did it take Tesla to make money? Now, Tesla's sales were a little bit better early on than what Lucid is 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 saying. Uh, but let's see what happens when gravity comes out. I think gravity is an exciting vehicle, personally. Um, I've, I've, I've seen it twice now. I sat in it, played around with it. Obviously, haven't driven it. They only have, um, uh, I actually thought that they only had two or three of them. But now I found out right before I left, I think they have about 15 of them um, okay. made. And um, testing, cold weather testing is going on now. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I'm should say where but that's that's that that's going on right now and uh, they're they're excited about end of year launch now you i noticed you also stopped the screenshot at the next vehicle which right. um that is you know uh i think lucid is banking on that being their model three moment i guess because the while the gravity is um seems to be a really nice super efficient ev if it delivers on what they're promising i mean we're talking 4.6 miles per kilowatt hour for a seven seat it's amazing SUV. it's a really good that's this can be ridiculous good. um it, you know if 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 they if they can deliver that more than 440 miles of range with a battery pack that's not that huge it's about they wouldn't nail down to tesla one thing i don't like about loose is they're always a little cagey about the size of the battery um you know they wouldn't exactly they said somewhere around the, the size of the battery pack of the current air you know maybe between 112 120 kilowatt hour so that's well, not that because that, maybe they don't have the exact cell dialed in yet. There's been it, a lot of revisions in the, you know, in this space. Yeah, no, it could be. But again, when they launched air, Kyle, and, you know, I wanted a, a finite total capacity. You know, it was kind of like, you know, well, they gave the usable capacity and that's it. I'm like, well, it can't be the same number. Well, you know, it is where we use pretty much the whole battery. But in any event, that, that's beside the point. Um, so, uh, yeah, and uh, Steve Roper brought this up. You know, Corey is is uh, um, you know working on uh, that. You know, is Corey Steuben from uh, Monroe that worked for um, uh, Sandy Monroe for a while? He's yeah. a Lucent employee now, working on these future models. So um, you know, and he's running I, the program, I, right? Yeah, I, and uh, yeah. So you know, he's he's his hand is all over this new, uh, say, mass market mid size ev uh looks like it's going to be some sort of a crossover kind of looks like it doesn't look like a smaller gravity like the silhouette um to me re reminds me of gravity because gravity is kind of like it reminds me more of uh mini vanish the, right. it's kind of like low and long not not like it it doesn't to me it doesn't really ooze suv uh right. but in any event uh so that's that vehicle that you see up on the screen there, the the, the mid-size vehicle, is supposed to come out in a couple of years. You know, they wouldn't say 2025, 2026. I can't right. imagine it coming out in 2025. Um, it's just That's a couple soon. of years. And it's yeah. going to start at about 50,000. So, so, Tom, can you tell me a little bit about what this new factory expansion is for? Why would they have this many people there? What is what what is the purpose of expanding the facility? I assume some of it has to do with gravity. Is it also for midsize? What what's going on? Yeah, for it, it's for future production. They obviously don't need it now. You know, they're they're making um, and and don't hold me to this. I I have a lot of notes, and I just got back last night, and I flew on the. Uh, uh, red eye. So I haven't had a lot of sleep and everything. Pretty sure what the factory manager said was they're making now uh, 18 units an hour 
um, uh, only one shift uh, and four days a week. And 18, 18 so, news a day. A day, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, okay. one shift. No, 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 no. no. Oh, an, an hour, hour. Or an hour, an hour, right, an hour. Right, right, an hour. Right. Yeah, right. Sorry. 18, my, 18, my 18 units an hour. Right. Four days a week, one shift. And right. he said we can go. This facility can go to 22 units an hour, three shifts. You know, every day. So you know they have the capacity to build. You know, maybe I don't know. I didn't do about 150, 160,000 vehicles a year, which is you know tremendously more than what they have now, Kyle, and they could do multiple vehicles on the same line. So hypothetically, in two and a half years, air, gravity, midsize could be going down the same this the same line and you okay. know and they have the capacity for it. And you know and have they brought the motor and powertrain production yes over? Yes. Because that yes. used to be away. Yeah, it was like five miles away. It's oh. all on it's all under that same roof now. Cool. So that's, the that's old good. production the old production line the old air production line, they, they don't produce vehicles there anymore. Oh, that's really? Gone. So yeah. that's gone. Yeah, that's gone. That A lot of that got taken over by the new paint shop. The paint shop expanded um, a lot. So, um, and they upgraded, you know, they learned some things that needed to be refined. So evidently, I mean, this is all, you know what it costs investment and stuff like this. You know, the paint shop that's two years old to, to revamp it, double yeah. the size of it and everything. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's, that's basically... You know, what, what they wanted to talk about here is like, look at what we're doing. We're building for our future models. We're, these The future models are going to be more high volume. Yeah, I mean, I think um, from, from my perspective, it all sounds good. The gravity is going to be a hit. I think that's really going to be yeah. a great seller. Uh, I understand why they launched with the Air first for the numbers and everything. But I think right now they're feeling a little bit of that that you know there's pros and cons to everything i think maybe they're in a bit of that con phase of just having the air the gravity is just from everything i've seen and heard about so far and of course i made a video about it uh just seems like it's going to be awesome and and i guess the factory expansion is just curious to me i don't i'm not a manufacturing expert i care about the car the final product so this is just more of a, a an interesting topic but i can't figure out why they need such a big expansion right now other than maybe they just have the money now to spend. So they're like, let's just do it while we have the cash to get this done. But I'm not an expert in this area. I just review cars. Um, but it is interesting. The well, fact of the matter is they don't need it right now. But but you can't wait until you need it to start building it. You know, right, it, right. it takes a while. So, I mean, I, I if, you, if, if you go on their game plan, by the end of this year, they'll be building gravity. Okay, they still won't be making tons of them. I mean, it'll sell well, but it's still an expensive vehicle. It starts at eighty thousand dollars, so we're not talking hundreds of thousands of vehicles. Um, you know, and and then you know, a year year and a half later, they launched this lower price fifty thousand, which still isn't like a mass produced vehicle. But if you look at all three of them, I could see you know uh, seventy eighty thousand vehicles a year being made. Once, once you have the midsize uh, done, and they, and that still gives them the capacity to build another 20, 30, 40,000 more than that. So they, I think they're kind of setting themselves up for the long run here, Kyle. And um, you know, it's, 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 it's a huge investment, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad move to be ready for, you know, future expansion and, and future models. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that that makes sense. It's cool. What what was the morale like? Did you talk to any of the product guys? Did they seem excited do they seem down the, the problem i run into is when i talk to viewers people especially the investors of lucid which i know nothing i don't follow this at all but everyone's just a little bit 
soft on lucid at the moment is my impression you know the car sales we keep hearing the stories that they're down i still think they're i still see them on the road i see them out and about like i'm uh, see a bunch of colorado now so i'm not sure what's true what's not but were people excited are they like ah oh, yeah lucid i don't like working here what what did the employees say about being there yeah and uh, it's funny that it's almost as if i asked asked ahead of time to ask me that question which which i didn't um so I did spend a lot of time just talking to their employees. Now, besides the executives, because you know the executives, I spoke at length with Eric Bach. You know, he did a whole um, walk around and on Sapphire for me. We sat in Sapphire. He talked about all the, like even down to the, the rubber of the tires, how the inside of the tire is softer than the, the rubber that's on the outside of the tire. And like, we went yeah. into a lot of detail. On, on, I just was with yeah. him last week and we were nerding out about some motors. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, he, he wasn't there for video, so I couldn't, I wish he would have let me. He's like, Tom, I didn't prepare anything. Let's just you and I just talk cars because if I could have recorded that, it was fantastic. He and I spent 20 minutes just really talking about everything about Sapphire. Um, that's my only walk takeaway that I'm disappointed in because I did the walk around with Derek on, on Gravity. And then I just spent 20 minutes with with um, uh, Eric and I don't have anything to anything to to show about it. But talking about employees, the the obviously the the, the EMODs, the, the Eric's, the Derek's super excited. But I actually got to talk to factory workers because all the factory workers were at this event. There were hundreds of them. It was like a mob, kind of like, you know, you see when Tesla does like their pictures and stuff, all the employees, that that's what all the manufacturing, because they were working. It was a work day for them. You know, they're they're producing um, the, the the air and we were at the factory. They just set up a stage. So while the presentation was going on, all the workers walked around. I mean, there was a roped off area for the press and VIPs where we were in, but they were all around us and we got to talk to them. And Sweet. they all were what the 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 whole. And I was talking about Sapphire and everything. They weren't really too uh, into that. They were all into gravity. That right. was like, they're like, we got to get this car. We got to get this SUV out. They're like, you know, uh, you know, everybody we talked to in the company is so excited about this SUV. We have to get gravity. We're all working hard to get gravity on the road. You know, that's going to be the vehicle that really, I think, puts Lucid on the map. You know, even though, I mean, I think Lucid's on the map already. They've they built an incredible vehicle. I love the air. I also, as a kind of as a thank you for going out there, even though it was just a factory, they gave me an air for like four and five hours. And I drove all around. I drove out to um, a Tortilla Flat, uh, Arizona. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's just like it's this winding mountain road, go up a mountain. And then there's this tiny little like historic town. That's like when towns were one street with five buildings, it looks like it should be the scene of like a like a movie, like for a Western. There's like a bar and like, you know, a general store and stuff. Um, really cool area. And I got to really rip an air for a while um, out in the, these, these um, you know, desert roads and everything. And it just reminded me how amazing of a car it is. I haven't driven the air for a while. And it just absolutely, yeah, that was me. I stopped for a, a, a few pictures. Uh, in the area and uh I, it just drives so well uh the air they built an incredible vehicle uh and um i'm looking forward to gravity you put gravity next to say r1t i think the adventure people are going to go for r1t obviously mm -hmm. the people that you know outdoorsy folks but you know if you want a seven seat suv and you're not into camping and fishing and overlanding i think you got to go with gravity um you know well that'll be interesting because at that point you go ev9 
Do you yeah. go gravity? Do you go R1S? And actually, I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but you know, top spec EV9 with like heated and right cooled second row seats, it's 84 grand or 83 grand okay. or something like that. Colton is actually cross shopping those three. Yeah. Uh, and so he's waiting, you know, another year or so for the okay. you know, everything to happen. But I think we're actually going to pick up an EV9 uh, as a long termer. So we'll have oh, really? one here starting next week or something like that for for six months i think it's not finalized but that's what sounds like it's happening okay. and um yeah so we'll at least get a lot of ev9 stuff i was hoping exactly. we would still have it when gravity comes out so we can do like a race to vegas between the two you, you if actually you're a, oh, go ahead i was just gonna say you actually had a, a new video with ev9 with jordan doing presentation going all over the car he was on the official first drive event i believe and mm -hmm. uh, that video actually you know really put me over the edge towards to the gravity I think it's. I think the graphics. I hadn't seen more, the video. What, I think what it has about more it? utility. Yeah, it just it just points out there's a you know a few things with the with the captain's chairs in the second row that makes them uh, not very useful. You know. Yeah, he was not, telling me that as well. I guess I didn't. Yeah, I mean we're not. Uh, yeah, the, the the car we need. What we really need is a suburban that's electric. Like we need a yeah, big, I mean, those coming. yeah kind of like Escalade IQ is, yeah. but it needs to be long wheelbase Escalade IQ. I mean, I guess I mean, it's I think, pretty the, close. I think it is. I think the IQ is like the long base. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I don't know, yeah. but it's going to be 170 grand the way you want it spec. Right. Yeah. We have to so wait for then the, get me the suburban the Chevrolet version yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, but Which I still want the, the big coming. 240 kilowatt hour pack in that suburban is going to be, that's going to be the jam. That's yeah. going to be awesome. You know, I don't give a crap about efficiency. I just want fast road tripping with a trailer. And that's going to be that. Well, you see that? And Kyle just summed it up there. Like when you said, you know, comparing it to EV9 or R1S, it, you know, it, it depends on what you're looking for. You know, I don't think any of us can say, oh, that's, you know, but, you know, get the gravity over this. It really all depends what you're looking for. If, but I will say this, if, if interior comfort and design and style is something that you weigh heavily on. And I, I actually weigh heavily on that because I spend most of my time in the cabin looking around, touching, feeling the comfort. Mm -hmm. I, in my opinion, my opinion, Tom likes opinion, you can't compare EV9 to gravity. You just can't. It's, it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, a Honda sitting in a Honda or sitting in a Mercedes. That's the difference that I feel with the Kia quality versus say, I totally agree. I think the, of, of the gravity. I've sat in both too. The Lucid is far superior in in every visual and uh, you know touch Text, point area. But yeah. I think families just need paper. You know, it's going right. to be an interesting one. I can't yeah. wait to do right. the videos on that. It'll be really really fun. Right. Mm. Yeah, there's an interesting market shaping up here. It's kind of weird to be comparing like Kia with like a luxury it's, brand. Even the thing is, there. it's like it's okay gravity starts where the ev9 ends right yeah. so yeah. it's it's the next step up it's the next uh -huh. category but that you know do you go base gravity and stretch into a lucid or do you go right. max out ev9 i think that's going to happen yeah that definitely mean, will we'll be cross up in that regard people that can have the budget that's right on the edge of both you know the the spec specked out ev9 or the base gravity you know and and and, and like i said before it's all going to depend on what your priorities are you know is it you know, the road tripping, is it comfort? Is it what, you know, what, what do you want? But it's, and, and this goes back to what I said early on when we were talking to Macan, it's just so fantastic that now I've been following EVs. I've been reporting on them for 15 years. I've been driving them since 2009. And it was like, it was either get a Tesla or get this little 110 mile econo box. And now we're getting all these options, which is what we need in the market.
Abe mentions it needs to pass the Kinsippi Cup spill test and Cheetos everywhere in the second row seat. Yeah. But uh, just thinking of Abe because he's with, with, with Porsche. So you mentioned the Porsche earlier, the big Mac Daddy, bigger than the Cayenne. That could be an interesting, it might end up being a higher, higher end than the Gravity, actually, too. I think it's um, going to be more like a BMW XM competitor, like, you know, $150,000 plus ultra luxury um, status symbol, maybe like Urus territory type thing. Right. That's my yeah. guess. I don't know exactly what it'll be, but I think it's going to be not in this category. Right. I'm, it's, just, it's a weird kind of place for Porsche because I think, you know, Porsche sports car, uh, how, how do you make a, put that sort of uh, heritage into a, like a, a huge SUV, you know? Because you have to, you have to ask some of that in there. You, can, you can't just be like a, a posh, sloshy, like a, it can't be a Rolls Royce. It's going to be different from that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All part of the fun of engineering a car, I guess. But I'm, yeah. uh, but Tom, I'm really glad to hear that your gravity visit went well. I've been, on the outside, I hear so many different things about Lucid. I hear the, you know, I hear hardcore Lucid investors that have now left. And on the other hand, I hear the technical guys and even the, the folks inside of Lucid that are like, you don't understand what we're working on. This is next level. This is great. And when I drive the cars, I'm always reminded that their technical competence is from a chassis engineering, from a braking system, from a powertrain. I mean, the way these cars pull is crazy. And to be honest, I have not driven Sapphire yet. I really need to have a go in Sapphire because I think that will set the performance electric vehicle benchmark um, and, and it's on sale. So it, it may have, but I really want to get it on track and do a track comparison of Tycon Turbo S, Sapphire and Plaid. I think it would be a really fun video to do later on this year. It looks but, great. The uh, seats are great. The seats are so comfortable. And it has yeah. an interesting feature in the headrest. Hmm. Um, the headrest, um, there's a pad, a secondary pad on the headrest that you can pull in and out. And it's meant so you could push it all the way back if you have a helmet on. Hell yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, they're, you know, they, they want you to drive this the way you want to drive it, Kyle. Good. I know. And and I talked to the Lucid guys and they're like, we literally like if there's one car for Kyle, this is the car because you won't overheat it. You can do anything you want to. It's got unlimited power, huge yeah. brakes. I'm like, this is like made for me. Yeah. Um, Eric talked about the overheating stuff and everything. There's yeah. settings the drive mode settings will adjust to prevent to try to prevent the vehicle from ever overheating. And it depends on, you know, how you want to do it. Do you want to rip you know, uh, just a quarter mile run, or do you want to have sustained track time? You know, so I mean, they're thinking of all that. And they, 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 as you said, their engineering team and, and the, what they've done, I don't think people appreciate what Lucid is and, and, and how advanced their tech is for a startup. You know, well, it shows that their sales and marketing may need some work then, yeah. if that's really the case, because, oh, yeah. you know, I, I went through that process. So did my dad, where we both had pretty lame sales experiences. Um, and it's just like, was not great working with them. And it's a new company and they have to work on their training and maybe the next product, they can get it all together and go because the product, which is where I, my wheelhouse is, uh, just seems awesome. And I know you were reminded of that recently on your trip because going up in the Canyon roads in an air, like there's almost nothing that defies physics more than that. Yeah. I mean, I just wish I was familiar with the roads more because first time, you're when you're on driving something like that, you're 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 always a little hesitant, you know, when they're blind curves and you're on a mountain and there's no guardrails. You know, it's like, all right, I'm gonna have some fun, but maybe not too much fun. I want to go home. 
Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And like I said, it reminded me how amazing the car is. It's an amazing car. The air it really is. It's uh, if 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 Lucid came out first, you talk about Model S sales like the early on. You'll look at how they ramped up. Model S had no competitors. If you right. wanted a long range electric vehicle that charged well and could actually road trip back when Model S came out, that was it because it was like Model S and these little 83 mile EVs. And um, it, so, but now when Lucid launched, they had Model S, which was an established benchmark, long range, fun to drive, you know, sports sedan. And then you have the, the companies like BMW, Mercedes, coming Audi, coming into the, the established brands, putting electric vehicles on the market. You know, if, if, if Lucid was like four or five years earlier, uh, I think I think we'd, we'd see we we would have seen a little bit of a different play with with air sales personally, but right. that's speculation. I mean, it, it reminds me of the the whole conversation. We had. There was this a big conversation back in the early two thousands, maybe even the nineties. Uh, like people like uh, Bob Lutz really championed uh, get a, make a good product. Don't worry about the sales; that'll happen. Just make the product. You know, get that dialed and make that good. You know, as you know, as opposed to like you know counting uh cooking counting you know whatever do, do all the accounting nerds just selling whatever they can get cheap just volume 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 you know uh worry more about the you know margins not worries lots was very much you know just product focused and uh, so lucid is also very product focused and they've got a great product extremely product focused. well that's what happens when you have an engineer as the lead of your company right. so what i hope happens for lucid is Gravity, I think they learned a lot from the Lucid Air. They learned that, okay, Lucid Air, they had 95% of the car dialed, but all like when you really dug into some user experience things, software, seek little niggles, really okay, the, the last 5% of total package quality matters. And so you got to really spend a lot of time dialing in the car. And that's what the German automakers all obsess over. But right. while you're doing that, you can't give up on the extreme efficiency and range and charging performance that those cars have had. So I hope they get there, um, you know, and, and I'm sure they will. The My hope in the future is that people and, and Lucid will understand how important software is for their experience. Once they start to have this total ecosystem, mm -hmm. they can have a Lucid charger with power sharing where you can go bi-directional and then you can have you know another Lucid car, your phone is a key that works and the ecosystem of their solar and battery pack storage, you know, the thing that works for Tesla. Once right. you get people to buy into the Lucid family, into that ecosystem, it's a bit like Apple, then you like can't leave. Right. So it's funny the you mentioned the bi-directional charging. So they gave me the bi-directional charging cable Oh, with with my car and I was having so much fun driving it. I forgot it was in the trunk. I didn't even take a picture of it. <laughs> but that, that, and I'm like the only one they gave it to that. Everybody else like they, they just gave them the car. So they're like, Tom, we, we put the bi-directional cable for you in the trunk <sighs> so you can play around with that. I didn't even look at it. I, I just forgot. Well, don't tell so, anybody. But, but um, yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody. That. But um, I uh, uh, but but that said, I did say, hey, you know, I didn't have time to do anything with this. You got to get me one and a car. And we're arranging that now. They're going to get oh, me an air here in New Jersey with the bidirectional cable so I can make some uh, some some cool uh, videos. So I might e I might even ha have a uh, a Tesla 
run out on the highway somewhere so I can pull up and uh, you know and people say, are going to hate you for that. <laughs> people I mean, hate me already. No, no, so, like so, a non-controversial <laughs> car to run out. Run out. No, it's got to be a Tesla. It's got to be a Tesla. Oh, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of Tesla, Wednesday, they released their 2024 Q4 financial results. The, the stock price tanked by 12% due to missed estimates and a call with analysts, analysts that was described by some as a train wreck. Uh, but putting all that noise aside, we did learn, I didn't think it was that bad, actually. I listened to the thing. It, it wasn't, it, it was just typical, you know, Elon being, you know, talking very optimistically about the future and machines, making machines and all that kind of stuff. I didn't think it was a particularly big train wreck, but putting all that stuff aside, we did learn stuff about uh, Tesla's next product, which is kind of exciting. It's not here yet, but I thought we should at least, you know, Tesla is an important company in this space, the most important company, really, I think, uh, outside of China. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to be on the kind of what's, what's coming. So now we have some ideas. Uh, so what next, what Elon Musk referred to as its next gen low cost vehicle is apparently codenamed Redwood and Tesla will begin production of it in the second half of 2025 in at Gigafactory Austin, which is not far or long, not long from now. That's like a year and a few months basically. Right. Uh, so it will also be produced at a factory in Mexico. And then there are plans for yet another factory on a a different continent, which uh, its location hasn't been disclosed yet. Uh, the next-gen architecture for that vehicle is internally called NV9X, which I don't know if there's like some weird hidden meaning behind that. NV9X, it just sounds cool. And that will have at least two models. Um, so I, I, I think the originally, we, we're expecting a compact crossover, I believe it was mentioned. And they have mentioned before, last summer, I believe uh, Musk said something about it. it oh no, it was in the... Uh, was in the biography by Walter Isaacson that the uh, the next one would be a compact crossover, uh, more conventional, easier to build. Except um, it's going to have some uh, cyber truck inspired design. And uh, yeah, and and Musk was on the call saying that it's going to be easier to build. Except they're going to have to uh, invent a whole new production method for it. <laughs> so I don't know what. To... Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Tom, do you have any confidence Redwood will begin production next year? Confidence? No hope. Yes. Uh, okay. you know, from what we understand, Tesla has started notifying suppliers right. that they, um, will need, uh, production starting mid 2025. So, you know, start, uh, pl you're planning to have the, uh, supplies, uh, ready. So, you know, it's, you know, what do you mean by production? Is that like, you know, very, is that when they're going to first start making uh, some of the cars to, to test, you know, in volume and they're still six or seven months out? Tesla's never, except for Model Y, really never really delivered on time and uh, or even a little early. It was I think Model Y was a little early. Um, so I was early. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, but then they took a step up for Cybertruck. But Cybertruck is such a unique vehicle. I, I can't I can't criticize them for that. And they, they did the whole thing during COVID when we had all kinds of supply chain problems and, and, um, factories being shut down and so forth. So I give them a pass with Cybertruck because it's such a weird, uh, vehicle, such difficulty in manufacturing. I, that would be fantastic. We were all waiting for this car from Tesla for years, the affordable mass produced uh, Tesla. I mean, model three was kind of that, um, but it's still not 
you know, really affordable for a lot of Americans that, they, right. you know, that, that average American can't afford a $35,000, $45,000 car. So, you know, that you've got to get it down under 30000 And, you know, if it's a $25,000 EV that has good range, even if it's not that big and it's got that T on the hood, it, it they won't be able to make them fast enough. So um, hopefully next year, but, you know, it's still a little bit of a ways off. I would I wouldn't bet the house on it. Right. You, you have any quick Redwood thoughts, Kyle, at all or not? Okay. Uh, so I also mentioned on the call that uh, FSD beta version 12 is will be rolling out. So, um, well, it, it is out. Yeah, right. It is. It has started rolling out to a few people, but it's going to be rolling out to the 400,000 FSD beta owners in the U.S. over the next few weeks. Apparently. Wait. So, so they just choose the like most Tesla friendly people to send it to first to yes. make like really glowing video reviews of it. Is that a thing? Employees and then Omar. You're saying that facetiously, then, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe. Uh, like, I think Omar is well known for you know being one of the first to get the updates and and getting a lot of. Which attention. I don't mind that they that he gets the updates. I just no, wish no. it would be known that it's like, okay, I got the update because I'm going to show it doing well. And if you right, go into right. it with that view, no one should be upset. That's fine if you want to just show right. the highlights. But yeah. right. he always puts up videos in. You know, it looks like there's no, what do you call it? Uh, no, there was a all. nag in this one. I watched there's one a, of the 12 ones. I, and I, I stopped watching it because I don't really. Well, the one it, thing that I realized that I don't like, and it's not, I'm not singling out Omar. Actually, I, I kind of like Omar. I think he's cool. Uh, okay. But anyway, um, the, the problem with the FSD videos is when they're sped up. You're mm. not experiencing the hesitation time or the weirdness. And yeah. I watched in one of his videos that like the left turn signal on was on for like five minutes or something crazy. And like these are the little things that just drive me insane as a driver. I'm just like everyone around me thinks you're an idiot on this stuff. So that kind of stuff, I wish the the real FSD beta test guys would, would try and dial in this last 5% of how the car communicates with people around you. Because I've had FSD on my cars. Um, we have the Model X has it now at home and it's like, I just don't use it personally, but I'll, right. I'll try it when FSD 12 comes out, we'll make the videos and I'm really actually excited to see what it's like. Right. And as, as some of you know, I have a Tesla model three with uh, FSD beta and I've been running it through a test loop in Tallahassee for the past year. So I'll be doing my, my, my dude loop as I call it. Um, just as soon as my car downloads it, download, I'm, I'm off. Cause this is like end to end AI. Now they've got rid of like they keep saying 300,000 lines of code. It's all AI basically, you know, takes in images of what other cars do and then processes that. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole brave new world. It was supposed to be, uh, Elon had said version 12 would mean it's no longer in beta, but that's not yeah. the case either. That's it's still, it's still FSD beta, even version 12. So that's yeah. a, I know he said that, that in is. the past. Is he still, is that still like his line that it's no longer beta? No, it says no, beta. Not anymore. No, no, it's okay. beta. It's oh, still, okay. It still right. says yeah. beta. So yeah. I guess that's off the wayside or whatever, you know, because a version 12 was supposed to be the actual, you know, actual aut autonomous vehicle thing. And yep. it's, it's, it's not, there's still issues from what I've heard. I haven't watched, like, I guess you watched the video, Kyle. And yeah, some, I just glanced over it on Twitter and I, some of the things, of course, what it can do is so impressive. And then sometimes I'm just like, right. why is the left turn signal on this whole, you know, four blocks? Right. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things like 
I'm like I'll do my doodle loop, and then I'm gonna go see if it, what it does with the uh, school zone because that's like a hugely important thing where it's always fallen down. It can it does not recognize school zones, you know, and that's a hugely important kind of thing that an autonomous car is gonna need to be able to do. I think. No, I think I know. <laughs> you know, you can't have autonomous cars running through school zones at at whatever speeds. That just doesn't doesn't fly at all. Uh, okay. Uh, um, so anything else we want to talk about with FSD? Probably not. Um, uh, Tom, let's see where we're we at. Anything else going on real quick? Yeah. Uh, and I should mention, I mean, we're just singling out Omar because that's where we've gotten the comments from, but someone commented, Yaz commented, Yaz commented. Uh, he also posts one X videos. I'm sure they're harder to digest. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I have seen him post negative things. I'm not saying that that he's not an accurate reviewer. I've not done any of the studies. I, again, I, I follow his page, but um, all, all I'm saying is I just wish we would see a little bit more push to dial in the little stuff that just seems so minor. Right. I mean, he, he does, the videos he does are kind of interesting because, it, you know, you do see it performing flawlessly, but I just know when I do my, my test loops, I have so many issues that, you know, maybe if I, if I don't have the, uh, the audio on and I'm not talk about them, a lot of people, you can't really tell that the car is like doing this weird thing, you know, at a, at a stop, it doesn't really translate, to, you know? So I, I usually talk about that and, you know, other people don't necessarily get into that kind of detail, you know, yeah. anyway. So, but, uh, so you asked me if there's anything else. One of the things I want to mention, we had a couple of people ask, did Tom give away the charger yet? Oh, yeah. um, well, that was for the, the um, Cybertruck sales. No, I haven't because I don't have a number of, of we don't know exactly how many Cybertrucks were delivered in 2023. Uh, you know, I, I assume that has to come out in the quarterly re earnings reports, right? So as soon as that happens, we'll, we'll get, we'll, and I know a number, I'll give that away. Uh, and that's going to be um, a Grizzly uh, charger. But if you remember, maybe four or five um, podcasts ago, I, I mentioned here that I'm going to give away an Emporia charger and uh, to email, to send me an email. Uh, I haven't given that away yet, but I am going to announce the winner on next week's podcast. Uh, and I've gotten, you, uh, you don't have to send any more emails. I The last count was over 150 emails I got. Uh, from people saying, uh, you know, uh, this is why I would, because I asked people to tell me why you, you need a charger. So many of them are so legitimate and people that, you know, either can't afford one or, you know, had problems and, and uh, you know, have a charging, they're charging their EV level one for the last three years. And, you know, so unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of non-winners. I won't call you losers. Um, uh, but um, I will say I'm going to continue giving away chargers. Um, in 2024, my goal is to give away at least 20 to 25 chargers. So it might be like two a month, um, either on my YouTube channel here on, on Batteries Included, on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working with some of the, the uh, charger manufacturing companies and telling them, hey, you know, you want me to mention your, your brand? This is how you do it. You know, give my followers free charging. So um, we're gonna, I'm going to continue to try to do this as much as possible. Um, as many as these companies will give me, I'll give you. That's awesome. That's great, Tom. Thank you. Uh, actually, too, before too much uh, before too much time has passed, I wanted to uh, bring up a video that you made uh, to our, our 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 audience's attention. Excuse me. Um, it was titled uh, "The EV Politics Project: Getting More Republicans into Electric Vehicles." So not to get 
you know, political, of course. Well, this is getting political, Dom. I mean, it's just So there there may be a political divide when it comes to electric vehicles somewhat. And your guest, Mike Murphy, is trying to get more Republicans into, into EVs. So, and actually, I just want to mention that, you know, just spending some time on threads, there are a lot of left-leaning Democrats, whatever people out there who are, you know, just not, EVs haven't really entered their mind yet. They're, you know, so both, I would say both sides, you know, there's, there's room for to grow the EV audience everywhere. But uh, what, what was this, uh, his approach here? So, yeah, and I, ha I can't tell you how many people sent me initially when the when the video went up sent me emails like like tom don't touch the third rail and pollen like you know you 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 know you seem to be very well liked in the ev community you're gonna you know if you get into politics no matter what you do half the people are gonna hate you or gonna maybe unfollow you or whatever and and i actually thought about this for a while um and i was concerned about it but and nobody's really willing to nobody's been willing to to really take on this this topic and I decided I think I might be a good person to do that. And uh, so it, it, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't coming from a point of saying what's wrong with Republicans. Why don't they like EVs? Um, what I what I what I um, was hoping to do was open this conversation. So this guy, Mike Murphy, I don't know if, 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 if you guys know who he is. He's been a Republican strategist for many years. He's very well known. He's been on like all of the the talk shows on TV as a pundit also. Um, and uh, he's he served as like campaign manager for like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he ran for governor of California, for Mitt Romney, for all the, um, uh, W. Bush. Like he he's, he's as, as entrenched in Republican politics as anyone. So he also recently had the EV epiphany. You know, it was like, these things are great, you know, and, and he's always talked about why he was uh, a car guy from where he grew up in Detroit. You know, he's always been in, in car culture and everything. And, and, you know, he used to make fun of EVs and, you know, and, and, you know, he used to say, you know, you know, my, my gas guzzler runs on Priuses, you know, we grind them up and I put them in the gas tank and liquefy them. And that's what I power. But then he got into driving EVs and he's like, these things are great. How come so many of my, you know, uh, friends and 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 um, colleagues are so down on EVs. So he was like, I have to try to figure this out. And uh, so he started this thing called the EV Politics Project. And um, okay. yeah, and what he's what he did was he's running a lot of polls to really try to get into wh why what why is this? Is it is it just total tribalism where um, a lot of democratic politicians seem very bullish on electric vehicles, on instituting mandates, on banning internal combustion and all this stuff. So if they like it, we have to hate it. You know, is is that the core of, of this? What is the core of it? Because I tell you, and, and, and I've never really talked about this uh, anywhere. I'm a registered Republican. That probably surprises a lot of people. Um, and but I've but I've always voted. I, I've never let my party dictate who I vote. I have voted for Democrats in the past. Early on when I was younger, it was pretty much straight Republicans, but I, I've, I've kind of moved to the center uh, in the last, say, 20 years. And, and now I'll go e either side. I vote for the person, not the party. And I wish more people would do that, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, so um, I've had people mock me 
when I've gotten out of my EVs in the past, like in a parking lot or whatever, like, uh, you know, and I'm sure that that person assumed that like I was this total left wing lib that, you know, you know, hates, you know, the, the right and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it, that was always just like, why would somebody feel the need to like make a comment to me in a parking lot about my my car? You know, what what what's got them so angry with this car? that they feel like they have to comment, you know, and, and I think Mike felt that same thing. So he wanted to try to get to the root of it. So he's starting this EV politics project. And what he's trying to do is uh, try to get basically try to get more Republicans into EVs and, and yeah. make this break, pull down the tribalism of electric vehicles because they're good for this country. They're good for, I mean, every, every penny that we spend to fuel our electric vehicles stays in the US. It's it's local, regional, uh the electrical companies, the linemen that 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 build build out infrastructure, that's all domestic dollars. It stays in our local economies. When you buy gas, I don't know what it is anymore, but it used to be 62 or 65 cents of every dollar leaves our economy go and goes overseas. And we spend billions like, you know, every week on on on, on fuel. So, you know, in that reason alone, Every American should say, like, this is good for the country. Now, I still don't like one because I don't want to run out or whatever, but I, I think it's it's good if we transition. When EVs are, are, can suit my needs, I'll buy one. But we don't have, we're not at that point now. We're at that point where a lot of people hate EVs. And we, I think it's mostly because they feel like they're being forced on them. And they feel like they're being forced on them by the left. And we hate the left, so we hate EVs. And um, Mike's trying to tear down those walls. And it's interesting what he's going to really focus on are. And the, and here's the interesting thing. You know, elections, and Mike talks about this in our um, video uh, as a strategist. He knows all this. He's, you know, all of most of the votes in this country don't matter for, 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 for national elections, which is interesting. Um, I mean, he said what it comes down to is every election comes down to about two million people in five or six states. And he goes, when I look at the um, the breakdown of these states, those states are the states that are actually getting the most federal funding right now for the investment of infrastructure, for battery factories. Automakers are building factories to build the EVs and build battery technology in those states. He's like, it's really interesting that these battleground states right now seem to be the biggest states for EV investment. So he's like, so we're gonna we're gonna mobilize in these states and 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 we're gonna try to better um promote electric vehicle adoption in some of these states where uh are getting uh, a tremendous amount of funding. Like we we're going to these factories and asking people, you know, you're you're your bread and butter, you're you're making money building batteries, you know, you know, how how come you 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 won't buy one? You know, uh, an electric vehicle. So anyway, um, he's got he's got the EV um, politics project website, and then he has a separate website for EV Republicans. Um, and uh, it's just an interesting topic. Topic. I'm glad he's taking it on. I'm going to work with him more in the future on some projects, hopefully, because I I'd, I'd like to better understand why we have a high percentage of the population that say they won't even consider an EV ever. And and you know, um, I I'd like to try to help flip that that script 
Right. And as I mentioned before, it's not just Republicans that need to, you know, we get, need to get more into EVs. There's plenty of Democrats out sure. there as well. That, yeah. Uh, well, Mike's and, not concerned and, with them. Right. Yeah. He's a, and, uh, he's, he's really a tried a, to Republican and he wants more Republicans to understand this is good for the country. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks for that, Tom. I appreciate it. And that video is up on your State of Charge channel if people want to check that out. That's yeah. great. It was uh, a really, really good video. Thanks. Right. I was I, I appreciate that because I was concerned going into it because, oh, yeah, you know, as imagine, yeah. you know, content creators like Kyle and I and, and you are, Dom, you know, when you uh, politics is something that people are afraid to go into and nobody's really gone out there and, and talked about this that I know of, at least. And, you know, I was a little concerned that, you know, all of a sudden you'd see my sub list all of a sudden start to go negative on my YouTube channel. Oh, and, no. you know, my YouTube followers drop, I mean, my uh, Twitter followers drop or X followers drop. Because that happens when you when you touch this politics and religion are two things that you you almost don't want to discuss if you're making your money being you know a public figure. But um, I, I I I thought I as I said earlier I thought I might be the guy that can take this on and do it you know uh, pull, you know in a way that people say okay that was a fair discussion. Yeah, right on. All right. So anything else we want to talk about? And you got anything else, uh, Kyle? All right. Uh, well, why don't we just call it then? Um, let me just find this thing. And all right. So if that brings us to the end of our show, if you have any comments or questions, uh, please leave them below or get in touch with us on the social media platform of your choice. Don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up, uh, click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us. And we'll see you all again very soon. Ciao.